Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Well, hello, and welcome to the second episode of Thrive Like a Parent. I am so excited to get this podcast underway, and I felt that the best second episode was really to give you the lay of the land and help you understand why the work that I do with so many families matters, how I've come to this place in my career, the road that has led me to this path of working with parents, and a little bit more of a deep dive into what exactly I do and how I do it. Because to give you the base and to give you the knowledge of how I've come to this place will hopefully give you a little bit more insight into who I am, why this work matters to me, why this work should matter to you, and how transformational parenthood can be, needless to say, hard, but possibly enjoyable, if you allow yourself to understand your brain and your body. I have been a doctor of occupational therapy for, geez, 12 12 years, 12 years? Yeah, I think 12 years. Um, I worked in pediatrics for over a decade. I knew from the moment I found occupational therapy in high school, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to help children. I was set. And from that point forward, I was on a straight path to that journey and went right from college to graduate school and stayed to get my doctorate rather than a master's. And oh, I knew, like I knew I wanted to do kids. Like I knew it. Like I, I had, there was no doubt in my mind. I pushed in grad school. You had to do all of these clinicals. And they said, you have to do adults before you can do kids. And I said, well, that's not going to work for me because I know what I want to do. And so I don't want to do clinicals with adults. I need to learn and have experience with children because that's exactly what I want to do. And so I made it happen. I found clinics that accepted me for all of my clinicals. And I made sure that I got the experience I needed in order to learn exactly what I needed to be able to trust in myself and have parents trust within me 
when embarking on finally working with their children. And I graduated in about, when? 2011. And I moved to New Orleans, newly married. Uh, huh. I graduated. Jonathan graduated. We got married and we moved all in a course of like four months. It was kind of crazy. Oh, and we bought a house. That was crazy too. Whew. Gosh, that's a whirlwind. And I dove right in. I started at Children's Hospital in New Orleans. And I, when I tell you I got my feet wet, I mean, I got to see everything, every diagnosis, every horrific thing that could possibly happen. Like I saw trauma, I saw everything. And I mean, NICU and, and rehab and, and brain injuries and Down syndrome and amputations and spinal cord injuries and of course autism and I mean, you name it. I saw it and it was so much to learn, but I listened and I worked my ass off to understand each individual diagnosis, to understand each individual child, their family, and what it meant to truly be a support at a time where they needed it most. And I loved every freaking minute of it. But as I continued at Children's Hospital, what I recognized was it just didn't, it wasn't working, let's say. Um, I was seeing clients for 30 minutes a day, back to back to back to back. I probably by the end of it had, I don't know, 12 clients a day. Uh, no breaks for me. We were still doing paper charts, nonetheless. I used to have a stack of about, hmm, sometimes 20 charts on my desk, and there was no time in between. And at the end of the day, I was spent and exhausted, and I wanted to be able to go home. And so I found that all of us clinicians were either writing our notes in the session, writing them at lunchtime, which means you didn't really have a break, or having to stay after and write them. And let me tell you about writing them in the session. Let me tell you about the mental fatigue and load of working with children when these parents are driving from all over the city to come see you once a week, clinging on to the hope that you can make the difference in your child's life, in that child's life. So they come in to see me for 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a week, I'm sorry, and There's no prep time for me to think of an activity of where they're at, what we could do. So I would throw something together really quickly, knowing who it was very well, knowing what we were working on, but it wasn't as creative and intentional as I wanted it to be. That's simply lack of time and turnaround. Like literally every 30 minutes, a new client. So within that time, I had to set up an activity, get the activity done, talk to the parent, tell them what we did support the child, and write a note. Oftentimes at the end of the day, the last two, three clients, I would have a stack of files with notes I needed to write. And so the child would be sitting there. I'd be having them, let's say, do a puzzle or starting to do some kind of warm-up activity so I could catch up on notes. Now that 30 minutes 
not only was so crucial to the child, but crucial for the parent to understand and learn what the heck I was trying to do. I did not have a time, enough time to be creative and give the child truly the intentional activity I wanted and craved. I did not have enough time to write my notes. I did not have enough time to discuss with the parents and I did not have enough time to give that child what they rightfully deserved and that parent desperately wanted. And it burnt me out faster than you could think. I only stayed at Children's Hospital for about two years. And that was devastating because I got into this field to make a difference in children's lives. I got into this field to to impact the lives of children. And I cared so much about all those families. And I felt that it was doing a disservice to those children and to the parents were taking off of work to come see me, taking the child out of school in the middle of the day because that's the only slot we had left. Like this was active participating parents who really wanted to support their children. And I learned very quickly that that healthcare model is not currently working. Nonetheless, like I said, I got burnt out fast. And so very, very young clinician with big dreams, huh? I decided to open my own clinic, but I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be different than all the other clinics. I wanted it to be parent-centered. I wanted the parents to watch as we were doing things and learn. I wanted it to be focused on the whole brain child and focused on the family and integration of that. You have to remember 30 minutes a week, there's not much I can do with your child in 30 minutes a week when you have them the rest of the week. So this has to be an implementation of being able to basically train and teach the parent to become the expert. And I built that business for six years with my business partner from the ground up. I am very proud of that business. I had no earthly idea what the heck I was doing. (laughs) But I freaking figured it out and we were a good team. We were a really good team. During that time of building that business, I left Children's Hospital and found out I was pregnant with Charlie. And so I built a business while having a really hard pregnancy. Um, I started contracting at about 16 weeks with both Charlie and Eli. Go into that story, I guess, on another podcast. Save it for another day. But yes, I had two NICU babies. And I was on bed rest for a lot of it. Both pregnancies. Um, But I still built that business from the ground up and showed up where I was needed. Even through Charlie's NICU stay and Eli's NICU stay. And I made it work. And through both of those pregnancies and becoming a mom, as well as supporting Jonathan, um, I realized that I was 
stretched extremely thin because I wanted to do all the things and all the places for all the people and all the reasons. <laughs> and as proud as I am of building that business, it still, it still didn't hit the mark in the way that I wanted to impact the lives of children. And when Jonathan got a job offer to move here to Texas, whew, that was a hard one. I had built this company from the ground up. We started in a Jewish synagogue. We rented out one room. And by the time I left our facility, we were in a 3,000 square foot clinic with a whole team and credentialed by insurance and accepting and camps. And we, we did it brick by brick. But when Jonathan was offered that job, I heard what all of my family and loved ones were saying what do you mean you're thinking about moving? Like, what do you mean you're thinking about selling your business? Like, this is your baby. Like, what do you mean? Like, you have worked way too hard. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what is, and I just, I had to kind of silence the peanut gallery, which was so incredibly hard for me to do at that time in my life. I was still pretty darn young. And I just sat with it. And I kept, I would stay up late at night thinking like, what, what do you want, Brooke? How do you feel? Like, what do you want, Brooke? Are you ready to let it go? What, what do you want here? And I didn't fully understand at the time why. After doing major processing and lots of time for myself, once we moved here to Texas, um, I realized that I, like I said, was stretched way too thin. And despite our best efforts to build a clinic that was different than anything that was prior out there, it still didn't hit the mark. And the reason it didn't hit the mark, and as I processed through once we moved to Texas, I realized like moms, like moms and parents are tired. Like we have enough on our plate. We have enough to do. So cue little OT over here that's like, hi, this is what we did today. This is what I need you to do at home. Like, can you please do the da 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 and explaining what was going on. They're like, yeah, 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 I got to go. Like on to the next thing. Like I'm paying you. You're the professional. Like just, just get it done, right? And I'm not shaming parents. I'm not shaming any of you. But I fully, at the time, now having two children, recognized I was in the same boat. Like I did not have time for something like OT homework. That added more to every parent's plate. While I wanted them to stay in the sessions and learn what we were doing and grasp the concepts, they just needed a damn moment. They needed a break. They needed either silence or to keep going and run to the grocery store while I was with their child. It was too much. It was just too much. And I realized that again, I wasn't able to impact the lives of children in the way that I wanted. And so we moved. We moved here to Texas. Eli was about, I don't know, 18 months old, 16 months old. 
Hmm. And it was the first time in motherhood that I wasn't a working parent, that I took some time to take work off my plate and really step into my role as a mom. And I processed so much. I I walked and walked and I did so much thinking during that time of just thinking about the business, what I individually did well, what I could have done better, what the business was functioning, how it was functioning well, what the business could have done better, why it didn't work, how could it have worked, what I would have done differently, what I would do again. Like I just was kind of taking a mental, I don't know, just processing through and and taking data of all the experiences I had had up until then. And I loved being a stay-at-home mom. Like, I loved it. I actually didn't know if I'd ever go back to OT. I actually never knew if I would do something next. I didn't know. All I knew is I needed a break. Because I I hit the ground running as a really young OT. (sighs) Ah. Go big or go home, right? And during that time, I began to recognize what was going on within my own home. I wasn't by my family anymore. It was just Jonathan and I and the two boys in a state all on our own starting over. And a lot of stuff came to light. I actually realized during that time before stepping back into my next venture of life, as you now know, just working with parents, I realized things weren't going so well within our own home. And I realized that moms and parents really are freaking tired because I knew, like I knew all the book knowledge. I, I, I mean, I went to school, like I knew all of it. I had years and years of experience and years and years of book knowledge and I knew it all, but yet applying it to my own home as a mother was something completely different, like completely different. I'll give you an example. When Charlie was in the NICU, they called him a little wimpy white boy. That's what they called him because he would fall asleep when I was trying to feed him. He wouldn't latch and we had to bottle feed him while I pumped. I can't tell you the amount of times that I fed little NICU babies at Children's Hospital. I can't tell you how many times I did it at the medical day t- gate, excuse me, daycare we had a contract at with my company. And yet I still could not figure out how to get my own son to take his bottle. And it drove me nuts because I, I should have known, right? I should have known what I was doing, duh. But I didn't because it was my own child and it was harder. And once I realized that, I was like, all right, Brooke, you got this. Like, come on, let's, let's do this. Like, you got to help your kids here. Things aren't going so well. Like, we, we got to turn this around. 
And so I took all of my knowledge and I started experimenting with how to support my own children within my own home on a daily basis rather than just thinking, oh, it's just a 30-minute session, right? Like how to apply the knowledge I had gained through my life experience and schooling and apply it into my own home on a daily basis. And what came out of that was what I now teach parents. I realized that my own dysregulation, my own sensory sensitivity, or my own fight or flight, my snapping at the kids, or, or my frustrations, or like it was because of me. It was not because of my kids. Kids are going to be kids. And yes, you very much learn through working with me that. We have to support the child's brain. And we all have sensory differences, let's say. I don't want to call them issues. But we all tick in different ways. That's why I give you the sensory profile. Because all of our brains function differently. Now, I know the world thinks it's cookie cutter, black and white. And if you're not in that box of black and white, then they're going to peg you as some type of disorder. doesn't really work that way. That's just like shaming every single human on the planet besides the ones that are just, quote, perfect. That shit doesn't happen. None of us are perfect. And so what I recognize is that I had to support my own nervous system. I had to support my own sensory system. And I built and I created and I experimented with a process that I now teach parents all over the world of how to regulate yourself in real time so that you don't snap at your kids so that you recognize why you're snapping at your kids so that you can understand when you're feeling burnt out so that you can understand that you are possibly living in a state of fight or flight and that is not only not healthy for your brain and your body but it's definitely not healthy for your relationships with your family your children's your loved ones your friends your your partner, your, your career, it's just, it builds up toxins and hormones and, and hell probably produces a lot of the illness that is out there in the world today. But if you literally have absolutely no idea what your brain is doing, how it feels and what your body needs, there's no way to support it. So what do you do without that knowledge? You just shame and guilt yourself because you think that you're the problem. You think that you're the one. Why? Can't I keep it together? Why can't I just hold it together for one freaking day? Why did I do that? Why did I snap again? This is me. I need to change. I can do better. You know what that's doing? That's literally building patterns in your brain to say you're the issue. And I'm telling you this not only from experience with all my clients, but I'm saying this from personal experience. I absolutely used to believe that I was the issue. I absolutely used to believe that I was crazy. I absolutely used to believe that I needed to change. I believed that I was broken. I believed that I uh, just, it was my fault. I was the problem. Now that, telling yourself that, waking up, saying that every single day, Going to sleep saying that after another bad day with your kids. 
if you're depressed, like damn right you're depressed because you're, you're telling your brain that, that it's you. But if you understand your brain and if you understand that when you snap at your kids, that means that your body is on overload and your brain is done. That's actually your amygdala feeling a threat within its own system and saying, ding, 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 I'm going to protect it. When you snap at your kids, that's your brain and your amygdala doing its damn job. I know you've heard, put your, your mask on before you know, you assist another, that's real life shit. Like that matters. There is no way for you to be able to support your child in the way that you so desperately long to, because I know you do, because I did too. Why can't I keep it together? I mean, I I thought about that every freaking day. And so as I began to create the method that I now use, I have very much focused on how our brain functions to build, build this method. And it focuses on the right and left side of the brain, the logic and the emotion. Our brains have to work both sides in tandem together in order to have a healthy functioning brain. Take a look at your brain and think of it as some large company like Amazon. You're the CEO of your own company and all the little employees are up in that brain of yours firing off a million times a minute. And if you're exhausted and you haven't gotten enough rest, it's it's not going to function well. It's just not. And so... Not only did I build a model to create regulation within my own body and my own system, but I did it side by side with my children. So the tools that I implemented on myself, I also implemented on my children as an experiment to see how it affected me as well as them. And it transformed our entire lives. It single-handedly changed the trajectory of my children's emotional path, my children's logic brain, the way in which they express their feelings and emotions, the way in which they take care of those feelings and emotions, and the way in which they take care of their brain individually. Now, this is like incredibly important because our parents didn't know any better. You listening to this right now, you may not know any better because The women I usually work with and all the parents I work with, they don't know either until we dive deep into this. You're not supposed to know this. There's no class in high school for this. But what I saw it do with my children, there's just no words. Like there's just no words. And while I never thought in a million years I'd be sitting here today as a widow, I hands down know, like hands down know that without implementing this on my children many years ago, all three of us would not be doing as well as we are. This work matters because we need to be able to empower ourselves to take care of our brain and our body. And currently right now, 99% of parents neglect all day long 
they're sitting in chairs, their backs are killing them and their necks, they're not being able to even have a moment to think, they're jumping out of their home office or or jumping in the car to get home right smack dab into parent life and not thinking with another trace of how the heck they're going to get through the end of the day. They just simply keep going. And so what do they do? They're exhausted and depleted and they zone out on their phones or they snap at their kids or you bicker with your partner or you scream at them or you hide in the bathroom for a really, really long poop break while your kids open up the door and you're screaming at them while you lock the door. Heck, your dogs might even be scratching at the door. Mine do that. This matters because you are worthy of having the life you've always dreamed of. This matters because there is a life in which you can go to sleep saying, damn right, I did that and I'm a good freaking parent. There is a life in which you can stop guilt and shaming yourself and trust in your abilities, accept the human that you are, the badass human that you are, and go tackle life in the way in which you so long and dream. That life is waiting for you. It's waiting for you, and absolutely you can have that. With all the ups and downs and highs and lows within my own life that I will share along the way of this podcast journey, I'm happier and more trusting of this person that I am and honoring of my authentic self than ever before in my entire life. And I have more trust and faith in my children that they can hold their ground, understanding their brain and their body in order to express their feelings and and regulate their emotions and take care of their nervous system It allows them to one day be able to go up to a bully on the playground and say, hey, that doesn't feel good. I need you to back up. Expressing their feelings, sharing what they need, and vocalizing it. And this can be so crucially important in our children's lives growing up. They get a bad vibe of a teacher who pulls them in a room by themselves, or they're in a bad situation with a boy and a and a little girl is, you know, having some fun tasting some substances they shouldn't be doing, right? Like those are just some examples. But like this work is it's not only life-changing for you, but it's crucial for the next generation. When you and I were growing up, we would get on AOL and we'd have to sit there for a shoot 20 seconds. Type on AOL oh, I'm going to get you. You were so mean to me in class today. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna badmouth you right here because I couldn't say it to your face, right? Like, that started when we were, when we were kids. These screens, this, this world is, is stopping us from ever communicating vulnerably in person, in real time to each other's faces and saying, hey, yo, that's how I felt and I need this from you. I need you to not do that to be confident in who they are and express their needs. It's all a part of emotional and sensory regulation, all of it. Because in order to step into that emotional and sensory regulation, you must be able to say the hard things. Honor exactly how you're feeling and take care of whatever you're feeling and allow it. It requires self-trust 
It requires vulnerability. It requires believing in who you are and, and knowing it's okay to be exactly who you are. Not placing yourself in that damn box, but thriving as the exact hum- human you've always been. I've, I've always, like, I should scoot into the microphone. I have always been this human. I know I said that pretty damn loud. I have. But through the course of my life and the box and the bubble that was placed around me from a very early age, those patterns were built early on of I'm too much. I'm crazy. I need to tone it down. I'm not enough. I'm annoying. I'm that like whatever those things are, we build those patterns for decades, decades in your brain. You can absolutely rewire that. Your brain is plastic, neuroplasticity. When I work with my parents, we take out a lot of smelly food, right? Like takeout begins to smell after a while. Got to take out the trash. We dump a lot, a lot that no longer serves them. And we place new patterns within the brain. Through the most simplistic system, And the reasons it's simple is because I not only had to make sure this worked for me, but I had to make sure this worked for my children. I didn't have time. No bullshit mama over here. Like all the to-do lists of people telling you, you should say this, you should do this, you should work out 15 times, a 30-hole diet, and blah, 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 blah. Like, no. You got time to do all that and maintain all that? Like, no. I had to figure this out. Like, There was too much at stake. I had to make sure I was taking care of myself and my boys, first and foremost. And I will absolutely, along this journey, share more with you about our home life and why it was so important to be able to figure this out for not only me, but my children. It was crucial. And while I never thought that at this early of an age, my children would have to utilize all of the the method and all the things that I have taught them from the time of, I mean, shoot, Eli was two when I started this with him. Eli will walk through the airport. He did it the other day. He's like, I'm frustrated. I need a hug, like right away. And I've taught him that from the age of two. And that means I know that if he is feeling a certain way and he is feeling it up in his body, I've trained him to be able to feel the emotions and sensory regulation within his body. He can go get what he needs over and over and over. I've done the same with Charlie. I've done the same with myself. And for the first time in my entire career, after 12 years, a whopping 12 years in this industry, I am finally impacting the lives of children in the way in which I set out on a journey to do from the moment I learned about occupational therapy in high school, decades ago. And the craziest part about it is I never meet any of the kids. But yet, that's how big of an impact it's been. I have finally been able to do what I set out to do because it is now moving through you. 
the most important part of the home. You are the hub. You are the godfather, placed in quotes. You are the teacher. You are the leader. You have to become an expert. It's not a choice. Like, it's not an option. It has to start with you. If you're tired of running to all the speech and OT and this and that, like, simple answer, you become the expert. I know it's a lot to take on. I know it might feel like a lot to think about. But if you can hear in my voice what it has given me and my boys back, as well as so many of my clients across the world, you will know that this is so worthy of your time and it's always here for you. And because of seeing how it affected my life and my children's life, I knew I couldn't keep that secret. I knew I couldn't be like, oh, I figured it out. Cool. Like I had, like you couldn't stop me even if you tried. Like that's how much I love doing this because I see the shifts and changes and happiness that my families, not just moms, but my families get out of this. This is not something you hold on to by yourself. This is something you share. You share and you support others because we are all deserving of a happy, calm, peaceful life. And so that is why I do what I do. That is why I now work with parents. That is now why I help you become the expert of your brain and your body. That is why I help you understand your children's brain and body from the neuroscience lens. That is not something a pediatrician can talk to you about in their office. It's just not. And so I'm very excited to share with you so much more. Talk about all the juicy topics. Tantrums and meltdowns and poop and pee and biting on everything and chewing their shirts and transitions and school and summer and widowhood. And I'll probably give you a lot of crazy details in between of my life. But I can't wait to see how this evolves. And I'm so happy you're here. Because you're worthy. You're so worthy of learning this information. You're so worthy of taking this on and applying it to your own life. And I love that I get to do this one family at a time. So, until next time. XOXO. Dr. B.